0: The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour Football ACA. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with
1: each other. And, uh and um, they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're both of them are keen to to you now focus on getting back their county jerseys. But these
2: fellas, Will get such a f-ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we'd put him back in their f-ing ass for ten years.
3: So there it is, lads, the Rossies. Who would have thought it? Five down at half time, absolutely gone. Um, Galway looked in complete control Of the game And all of a sudden The Rossi pride The fans got behind him The crazy fans That invaded the pitch <laughs> I was thinking of The England World Cup In 1966 There's people on the pitch They think it's all over <laughs> It is now But yeah. with, with uh, Cox Sticking over that point So like I mean There were brilliant scenes There's no doubt about that
2: oh, it, was, it was unbelievable And I haven't seen a goal Sort of spark a team Into life as much As that Jeremy Murta one Because as you say They looked They looked dead and buried They looked so flat devoid of ideas you know in the game the rain and stuff didn't help but the atmosphere just looked very subdued and then suddenly bang they were just to life the whole fans were on their feet and everything just started going right for them
3: yeah no it definitely was like I mean no wind in Salt Hill Matty which was one of the, the weirdest uh, games like you I mean you're completely expecting it. it was a game of two halves even though there was <laughs> no wind to make it even more confusing
0: very much so um, yeah no matter when I've played in Galway or been in Galway it's always windy and it's always wet and the kind of they did get rain and no, the wind did pick up near the end of the game near I the end yeah. of the second half but it didn't. It wasn't really a factor which is very strange up there um, look at unbelievable scenes in fairness you think they hadn't won it for 40 years to celebrate no. well they at, did that against it's, Mayo it's, like it's, in the, in yeah. the semi? no fair absolutely fair play to them they were excellent in the second half and as you said a real game of two halves but Galway just didn't address them at half time and it was so strange the second half but Roscommon really wanted them more and it showed them every tackle and every attack that they had and you know they turned Galway over you know very very easily for the whole second half and you know after the goal, I said it only looked like it was going to be one winner.
3: There definitely did. you ever play in a game with a pitch invasion like that? It was a bit weird. The players and everyone was trying to tell them to get off.
0: No, look, when you played football for Wexford, there generally wasn't that many people at the match it. Yeah, yeah. There was probably more of us on the pitch than there was watching. Well, the,
3: the Dubs not invaded at the end of the Leinster final that year They, they did, they did it in fairness. Yeah.
0: In 08, but it was a different kind of invasion. It wasn't, it, was. it wasn't that
3: enjoyable. I think it was 07 they invaded it when we played against them, and I was just thinking I was ended up that game at full forward and they were emptying out of the hill, and I was just like, getting the hell out of (laughs) but yeah it's a bit of a weird one but like I mean when the game isn't even over it's definitely a weird one come here Matty I'll throw this one to you did Conor Cox mean that first point
0: Um, I'd like to say yes but I don't think so to me it looked like he looked up and tried to cross the ball but look at um, you are not going to take it away from him. it. Was unbelievable. I don't yeah. think if you tried it a hundred times, you'd no. probably get it over again. Um, with a wet ball, he was kind of falling backwards after taking a couple of good hits of Sean Andy o'callaghan in the lead up to it as well. And but look at I. I don't think he did, but it went over and accounted and. The only They're thing,
3: breaking. I'm going to ask Carl Craig, because Carl Craig is coming up on the show in a little while. Maybe he asked um, Connor about this, because he did look over, which makes you think it was a fluke, but then when the camera panned to no. the replay, there was nobody yeah. actually there. Do you know what I mean? So maybe he looked across, nobody's there, and he went, feck it. Like yeah. there's nothing else on. Do you know what I mean? Which is an argument to say that maybe he did mean
2: it. he's an audacious enough type of player. He is, that, but that there's audacious, and then there's hitting it with the outside of your boot <laughs> uh, on your left foot, like Tree you know time. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you should be taken off really yeah. trying shots <laughs> like that. But like we think we had this argument last year with Daniel Flynn, but the the thing that I thought he meant to pass it was because there was somebody inside, but there wasn't anybody there. There yeah. was somebody about five, ten meters away from him, but that yeah. wasn't a pass to him. So it couldn't have been a pass to him. That's the quite, no. that's the thing. So, I mean, so I'm
3: on, I'm falling down the side that uh, maybe he did
2: mean it. Yeah. And like sometimes, as Matty says, Sean Andrew Kelly's beating the shit out of him. Sometimes you do just like throw a leg at it and say, ah, uh, so I'm just kicking this now looking like, you know, to see what happens and yeah. maybe it was a bit of luck in the, the connection but I think I think he was going for a score what, What's your take on the Johnny Heaney penalty because i
3: really in fairness to Desi Dolan I liked his analysis of it I liked Tomas Shea's analysis of it and they said yeah of course there was contact it wasn't enough to put him down it wasn't a penalty move on now I agree completely I think Johnny Heaney Played for 100%. Now, if that was soccer, the whole thing would be there was contact. He has to go down. We don't want that analysis coming into GEA. It wasn't enough for Johnny to have fallen, and Johnny's fell straight forward, so that wouldn't be the natural fall if he was to come out. Do you know what I mean? And kinda oh. hitch you into the stomach. So I I agree with the two lads. I think there was it was a really good decision by the referee.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think it was a penalty either, but I said if we're going down that road of looking, there was a bit of contact, so it has to be a penalty, you know, we're going nowhere because yeah. you know, you expect to. you know, Anthony Cunningham would expect Aaron O'Malley to come out and get contact with him. That's like, that's what he's there for. Mm. Um and to be honest, it looked it looked like he went down rather soft. But, you know, I think uh, Ross actually turned the ball over, went up to In, and that's where Connor Cox's point came from. So it was a big enough swing in the game, but, yeah. You know, I did. I, I, I didn't think he had done enough, probably. in a penalty, out, and I do, certainly don't think that Darren O'Malley had, had committed any kind of a foul. So no. I think the lads got it fairly right, and referee um, certainly did. Yeah,
3: and Malooly got a yellow card for what was a clear black card offence. Now, having yeah. said that, it wasn't in an area of the pitch. It wasn't sin. It was yeah. it was sloppy. And uh, I again, I'm on the referee's side on that. I I was glad he didn't give a black because. It was a nothing black. It wasn't any sort of a cynical foul in that there was a, 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 a like a big attack on yeah. or anything. He was goal side of him. It was anything that was stupid by
2: maluli But I'd like to see referees using their discretion with, with fouls like that as well. Yeah, and I also thought he had slipped on the turn a little bit. You know, maybe the connection or the contact helped him down or whatever, but... It looked to me like he was going down, and it was you know, he had his hands around him, so it did look very bad at first glance anyway. Tony but he tried to take his hands away, but then went back in at them again. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? he it, it, when he saw it down, it didn't look good. It looked like he was just wrestling to ground, but when you saw it in full time, it, like it, it did look like it was just a slip, and he was going along with him. I thought Barry Cassidy had a great game. It was definitely his best game. So he's like a dairy referee, and he's always been head and shoulders above every single club referee right. which probably goes without saying but I've sort of been waiting for him to, to, to make a name well. for himself like, yeah, and I think that was his best game so far I thought he did well as well I didn't have any
3: kind of issues with anything so Anthony Cunningham lads he's won provincial titles in two different codes in two different uh, provinces that's fantastic like he's very underrated manager as far as I'm concerned that's not to mention an all-under-21 hurling championship a Leinster club football championship and a Connacht club football championship so been doing it in different provinces and we know the different like, intricacies of the different provinces and the local knowledge. You know what I mean? This is an outsider coming in and winning provincial titles in football in two provincial at club and in inter-county and, well, at club, then win one in inter-county, then in the hurling win another 21 hurling. And I think arguably one of his biggest achievements, he drew with an absolutely unbelievable Kilkenny team in the all-around final, you know, and then lost the replay not getting hammered. Like, why is he so underrated? Like, he came in with leash and helped out one year and the lads thought he was good. He was coaching with them. He manages with other teams. He had Matty Kenny in as a coach when he was with Galway in 2012. Do you know what I mean? He seems to be ticking a lot
0: of boxes here. Yeah, I just, I suppose, it's just because he he hasn't been a big name in the GA. But I think from here on, you know, I think his name is certainly going to come up in in connection with bigger jobs probably in both hurling and football. It's some record in fairness though. And I think with Gary Castle, I think they took uh, Cross Midland to a a replay in the All-Ireland Club final. And was like, you know, He's he's done it all. In fairness, yeah. um, I know, and he's done a kind of both sides from the manager and the coaching side of things. Like so, you know, he's done a serious job. You know, Roscommon Common had players that left the panel at the end of last year to go travel and stuff like that, and you know, kind of start afresh. You know, after only winning Connacht two years, ago to come back and do it again and go away and beat Mayo and go away and beat Galway. Is, mm. is a serious a serious record, and you know, as I said I think along the way he's going to pick up far bigger jobs. And I'm not saying Roscommon Common is not a big job, but you know, he'll pick up a big Division One team. You know, at some stage in the next couple of seasons. Yeah,
3: I think he will, and it, didn't even mention he was in as a coach under Pat Gilroy last year with a Dublin footballer oh, yeah. so like
2: I mean it's management coaching football hurling and like he can do both if he needs yeah. to it's great because we were writing off outside managers only a few months ago Willie, and I hear he coming in and he's yeah. an outside manager doing
3: Gal- well Galway aren't doing well with their, uh, with their managers going to other counties Maddie Kenny beating <laughs> Galway <laughs> with the Dublin hurlers like I mean so it's been and the Dublin hurlers losing the Dublin footballers losing or the Galway hurlers losing the Galway footballers losing and two Galway men leading them to knock them both <laughs> out like I mean anyways pray for Galway at the, at the moment <laughs> yeah. it hasn't been a good but that's it like I mean there's not much to add about Anthony Cunningham so we're not going to say too much more we were talking about him last Thursday night in Roscommon Town as well. It was actually funny. I said this on the podcast last week. Ex-players of his don't exactly rave about him. So I'm a little bit confused about it. Like his record is, is really good. He's meant to be a brilliant ma- a very good man manager. He seems to get great desire and determination out of all his teams. So Players don't do that for managers without them being a good manager. Like if a terrible manager's coming in to me and saying, be really determined, you'd be almost... Complaining, saying, Well, there's more to it than that. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I think it's, you know, Cunningham obviously has substance to it, or else players won't
0: die on their feet you know to fight for him No and they did do that yesterday in fairness particularly the second half you know, there, there, was, there was only one team in, in the second half but it, I think we've all been in set ups with club or county managers where you know you, you kind of get a sense of you know you're you're not putting 100% in for this fella whatever it be at club or county level and you know it, it starts to filter down from there and you don't give him 100% but geez them them Roscommon lads certainly in fairness all joined the league as well um, you know he was only appointed I think in, in August or September of last year they certainly looked like they were, they were throwing everything out of for him and you know the, you know, they were the better team yesterday by a long long way and the, you don't do that in, in a final you don't go away and beat Mayo either and dig in because they were under serious pressure in that game they weren't a yeah. the better team in the Mayo game unless you know there's something about the manager and you know, they're not just doing it for themselves there's obviously something there with him as well which is, which is which, you know, he's, he is top class Yeah you seem to get that Right come here
3: lads we'll, we'll have to leave it there because I'm delighted to say Carl Craig has joined us on the line now Carl, thanks for taking the call how's the head this morning?
1: i um, fragile enough this morning now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where were the celebrations last night?
1: Uh, we came back into Roscommon and we stayed there until, I don't know, must have been five or six o'clock this morning. But a good night was had, anyways, and we're going to head off now in a while again.
3: Yeah, well, listen, you, you well deserve it. There were some scenes at the end of the game there, like, I mean, the pitch invasion before the game was over. It was fantastic stuff.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable. I thought, I thought there were two minutes to go. I didn't know what was going to happen with uh, Barry Cassidy, whether he was going to have to call off the game or what was going to happen. But uh, thankfully, they all got off the field, anyways, and uh, he eventually got to blow it up. And it didn't matter. I suppose it was similar to Cassie a couple of weeks ago, which was. Uh, brilliant
3: you know yeah definitely so how did they get off the pitch I saw some players trying to shepherd people off the pitch and everyone was trying to row in the same direction I never thought maybe that the Roscommon players were worried that the game might be cancelled and you two points up or three points up
1: yeah well I think that was the initial thought of everyone was that it would be uh, I, I don't know why I think all the players on the field just were telling people to get off and in fairness Probably thirty seconds got it, got it done. Now that they, they didn't go too far out to the white line, but they went far enough anyway from to play the last two minutes. And thankfully, we didn't concede the goal, even though it was lost. But uh, we, we got there in the finish.
3: Yeah, you're you're over on the bench at this stage because you went off injured. Is there is there are there any stewards in Salt Hill, or is it just impossible to keep the Rossies back when they think they're going to win a match? <laughs> there,
1: was, uh, there was loads, of, loads of um, stewards there in fairness, but. Just, they were just jumping the the sidelines from, from all sides Stuart couldn't do anything they probably just had to let them go and finish you know
3: yeah yeah. come here listen this is a, obviously a fantastic win for yourself because you missed the one in 2017
1: yeah I took the year out of uh, in 2017 so I suppose I had the win in 2010 which was great and uh, I suppose it will be, be 9 nine ten years till, till we get one again or till I get one uh, but it, it was brilliant and I suppose the way we won it then and beating Mayo away and then beating Galway away, um, I suppose
3: that is more special. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I mean, I'm trying to think of where your head is at after the Super 8s last year, which turned out to be a disaster, let's be honest for us, common. And then you see the draw for this year's championship, where you've got Mayo away and a final in Salt Hill. Like, I mean, optimism can't have been that, that high. Yeah,
1: look, I suppose uh, the first game, of the Super 8s, Tyrone blitzes in the first half and I suppose to be fair the Super Reds was over after that half and the last couple of weeks of it was tough going to playing Donegal and then Dublin we had in the last dead rubber game and I suppose it was a long winter but I suppose the players just knuckled down I suppose the draw probably got favourable, favour though we got over it and Division 1 was up and down with a couple of good results and then a couple of bad results and we we got relegated and the finish which was very disappointed uh, very disappointing for the group but we knew we were competing well in most of them games even though we did get relegated. So that gave us optimism. But I suppose we didn't really know where we were at. We had a good win against Leeds and we didn't really know we had we prepared well. We didn't know how good we were or how far on we were till, till we got Mayo know, that day. And we knew we were in a good place then. And I suppose it was just a matter of backing it up then. Uh, yesterday, which thankfully we did.
3: Yeah, thankfully did. Yeah, it didn't look too good at half time. Like, I mean, what was said at halftime? Because Galway really took over for the second half of the first half.
1: Yeah, like it was it was tit for tat for the first quarter, I suppose. In the second quarter, they took over. They got, it was 5-0 and then it just went to 10-5. Well, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't rocket science, it was the second half, we just... Walked way harder than we did in the first half and we held on to the ball. We didn't give away the ball stupidly like we did in the first half. And that was probably the, the the winning of a really it was probably just hard work,
3: you know. Yeah. And I think like I mean when you look at it as well, your game plan is to move it move it fast to the kind of the half forward line. Someone's holding the forty five and I think it was Anthony Cunningham said that maybe you were forcing that a little bit considering the conditions. Do you know what I mean? So you had to think on your feet maybe at half time and go, look, that's not always on. Don't give it unless it's definitely on.
1: Yeah, I suppose we probably run the round the ball a small bit more. So in the first half there was an awful downpour of rain, like yeah. there was a serious shower rain there and the ball was skidding off the ground. Some of them came off and the Smith got a, a a couple of runs, but a lot of them went out over the side and bits and pieces and that's where God, goal we got a lot of our scores from to go that five points up. So we just we knew ourselves we had to stop turning over the ball and we had way less turnover than the second half and but when you have the ball you off we, we we fairly good forwards and James got the goal and Cassie got a couple of points and I suppose that was that was the difference in the finish.
3: Yeah, no it definitely was. Talk to us about the goal there, because look, like, I mean, you're running towards the goal and I'm not sure what's going on you can tell us what's going on through your head, but I'm I'm sure you're not thinking goal until Sean Andy makes that mistake and steps towards you.
1: Yeah, I suppose I was going down the line. I was probably I was seeing with Jamie was kinda edging of in and out, in and out and uh just got that gap and gave it to him. I suppose I was probably thinking maybe a left left uh, a shot of my own left foot. Um, but then the space came and I gave it to Jim then uh, a great finish by him and fairness on the near side. <laughs> I was just right behind it. There wasn't, much, uh, there wasn't much of a gap there, you know.
3: No, there wasn't much to him. At. But it was almost like you were, just, you were just running towards him saying, kind of thinking in your head, something's going to have to happen here. You know, they almost made your mind up for you. While Sean Andy took the step, Dermot had made the lovely little run almost at the same time. And then, you know, it, it was an easy decision for you then in the end.
1: Yeah, I suppose when you're going towards him, you're trying to tease him, and and Jeremy's movement was very good before that. If you watch it, he was moving over from back, so I suppose you're trying to tease him to come, but the, he do, does actually come, and it just there was just a fraction of space there, and luckily the pass went to went to hand and and Jeremy finished finished off.
3: Yeah. Talk to us about the panel uh, this year, Cahill. Obviously, um, there was an incredible stat before the Mayo game in that only four of the starters from the previous year's uh, Connacht final had started against Mayo. Now, a lot of them came on um, the subs. The Daly brothers are back in the defence, you know, bring that bit of physicality. Conor Cox is obviously the big headline grabber as well. Like, I mean, I didn't realise there would be that many more players in Roscommon that would be able to fill in for that many players.
1: Yeah, look, we're, we're we're lucky, um we're lucky in terms of the we have got the, the in the the county at the minute. Honestly, um, that start was thrown out there with four, but I think like all six that came on would have been regular starters last year, so that brings it up to ten and yeah. then you've you you've you a few lads you say like Nile McInerney and Kieran Lotter who who weren't who on the panel this year. So um like but we've had a strong panel over the last couple of years. I suppose we've been in the la- in the last four kind of fine all they've won two, we've won two, so it's um, it's we're, we're very fortunate with the players we have, it'd be great if we could for next year now get instead of the likes Like Securing back and Nile McInarney and then and make it even stronger.
3: Yeah, make it what about Conor Cox's impact? Like I mean we kinda of talking to him to him or about him on the show here and you wonder how the hell Kerry let him go. And then uh, I remember Marco O'Shea telling me after the live show in Ross the other night that no one in Kerry was too upset that he went. You know what I mean? He's an incredible um, forward.
1: Yeah, he's he's an incredible talent. Like he's he's some finisher. Um, he's been great in the press. you know. He came up. Um, he's he's gelled really well into the panel. He, he's a great lad, and like a couple of like he's really good in the league. But he really stood up against Mayo and uh, at Galway. We're just delighted to have him. Like to, to to have a finisher like that that can get four, five, six points in a championship game for you. Like it's. It's priceless.
3: Yeah, he definitely, he stands up. There's a bit of leadership in him too, you know. He's not afraid to celebrate a score and he, there's a bit of an inspirational type of player about him.
1: Yeah, like um, I suppose some of the shots, like he can score left, right. like some of the points he scored the last couple of days, like particularly that one in the first half off the outside of the left foot on the, on the left-hand side, like, it's unbelievable. And the last one, then the slides are He's like done that during the league as well, so they're not flukes. Like you know, he yeah. should
3: <laughs> do the anyway, yeah. well, well, we were we were talking about the first one um here just before you joined the show, and Maddie Ford was thinking it was a fluke. Me, myself, and Conan were thinking that he looked up to pass it, but there was actually no one there, so he just said he'd go for it. Like, I mean, what what do you th- what do you think? Were you asking Were you asking him about it?
1: Well he, he, he reckons he done his uh training last weekend he was training last night, so <laughs> But uh no, I'd say he was he was definitely going for it all right. Um we've seen him doing it a few times to refer to him. He just He's just, he's just an unbelievable shooter off both feet and <laughs> it's brilliant to have him
3: Yeah, so here. talk to me about Anthony Cunningham because like I mean his record is brilliant and there definitely seems to be more of a, of a physical edge to you There's definitely seems to be picking potentially bigger players and there seems to be more of a bit of a bite about you would that be fair?
1: Yeah, I suppose that's, yeah, that's a fair comedy probably I suppose the, the Dailies are back in that have given a, a fair bit of a physical edge to us um, he was playing slightly more defensive uh, type of a game, uh, which has worked out well in, in the championship as well. It, it, it was good and bad in the league, but uh, no, he has brought a, a good edge to us and uh two, two massive performances the last couple of years, which is brilliant.
3: Is that is that is that important after the super eight? Whoever came after the super eight last year, that whoever came in even though it wasn't the most... I, I think he went through a few different managers before Anthony ended up getting it. It was a drawn-out process anyways, but whoever came in, yeah. it was important maybe yeah. to get you a bit more streetwise to that counter-attack.
1: I think so, yeah. like We probably weren't small enough naive. Um, was, uh, we we were playing a, an open attacking game, but that was fine, I suppose, against teams that are own level. But when we went to the likes of the <coughs> Super 8s last year, teams that were above us, we just got slaughtered, you know, so, we knew ourselves as a group of players we needed to to shore up defensively because if you're conceding two, three, four goals in the game with the fours we have, you won't, you won't outshoot shoot that. So, it was, um, luckily, I suppose Anthony had the same mindset, he, uh, he probably was looking at the games last year and knew
3: you Where know, we need to improve, yeah. No, and and just just on that, like, I mean, you can still get bodies back and still play a nice brand of football, which most people agree that you still play a nice brand of football. But your role on that as the link man on the 45 and maybe Enda Smith, it's hard to tell on the TV, played that for a while in the first half um, yesterday as well. But you can still play a good kicking game um, with three up there if you spread the three out uh, well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, and look at every game is different. Like, you try and hold your shape as much up front. Like, sometimes it ends up at four, three, two, and there's only one at times. And I'd say probably at times yesterday we had more one up front. And it's you know if, if if corner backs go running, you have to you have to track them. in. I think Coxie was down the corner at one stage. So we try and hold our shape as much up front. But we have good kickers, you know, like Shane Cologne, Hubert Darcy, Conor Devaney there before he went off, and Enle can run it well too. So look, we try and mix it as well, you know.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. No, just to finish up, obviously the Super 8s, you have unfinished business there after last year. And obviously this year you have a first game at home in in Dr. Hyde, which against one of the teams that has come through um, a gruelling qualifier route. So that seems much fairer.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't actually know that until someone said it last night. I, I thought we played the same last year, the provincial winners, but apparently they uh, had a home game uh, in the height, which we didn't. Which I suppose we'll definitely have a point to prove, because we uh, were very really disappointed with the way we went about our business last year in the Super Reds, as I said earlier, it was, it was probably over after half an hour, 20 minutes even, against Tyrone. and like we got hammered, and then we had wild out against Donegal, and then I took up to Dublin, and we we got that there again. So, like we just want to go go into the Super eggs, get that home game first, put in a good performance in each of the games, and I suppose see where that takes us. But ultimately, we want to be really competitive in all the games.
3: Yeah, Carl Camira, let you I'll let you go join your teammates there. Thanks very much for taking the call from Perfect. us.
1: Perfect, yeah. Tell you. Want?
0: Work as a policeman at Garda Shaikhaner down the Store Street, and I'm coming back out, and there's a cohort of loyal Tyrone fans still up in the stand as you come back out, and they're roaring at me, "I'm you're free state bastard," <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and, and, and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs>
3: So Anthony Cunningham was uh, speaking after the game and his kind of analysis was pretty spot on. He said sometimes we kick the ball away too easily in the first half. It was a wet day and probably a day that didn't suit that. And we know their style of play is great and it was very obvious against Mayo that they like to get a good kick pass down to a link man and then work it from there. And the Smiths seemed to be that link man a lot in the first half and it just wasn't, the ball wasn't sticking. Do you know what I mean? And there's horses for courses, Maddie. That's your game plan. But in the second half, they didn't force any of those kick passes. They were nice little inside of the boot passes and um, maybe the, the, they dried up a little bit and it, they were just sticking. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that, they,
0: yeah. The weather did improve and, and it definitely helped. But, um, you know, they stuck to their guns in fairness and, and Conor Cox was a, 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 and has been an, an excellent focal point in the attack where, you will know, contrast that Galway in the second half where... You know, Ian Burke, um, uh Anton Lee, they were winning the ball out sixty, seventy metres. The ball has been hand passed sideways. They actually didn't have a focal point. You know, Michael Daly scored three points in play and he was one of the first forwards to be taken off. But you know, Galway stuck to their guns and they were able to get those balls into space down the side and you know, they ran at, at, at Galway and they actually ran through them quite easy in the second half Or you know, we're just talking off air about Shane Lawrence point near the end. He was going down the middle between the two Galway players regardless, busted yeah. through him and kicked the ball over the bar. And, you know, the complete opposite was happening up the far end where Roscommon were turning Galway over far too easy. But, you know, the, G- 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 Roscommon played really, really good football as well. And, you know, I said, they kicked the ball long, they kicked it into space and carried it when they had to. And, you know, it worked really well for them.
3: Yeah, no, it definitely did. And that, that's always the situation with these teams. You give Galway a chance to get back and it's hard to get through them. But if you can kind of move it up there a bit faster, you've only maybe got Garrett Bradshaw covering the two lads. Do you know what I mean? So I think Roscommon were smart enough... To realise it's something we always talk about move it down a bit faster yeah. from that half back line to that half forward line,
2: faster than the retreating yeah. players can run. And get yourself into a better position to play that final ball, then as well. Like, and Matty, you probably be able to <laughs> complain about it a bit more, but sometimes I think that defenders and midfielders don't appreciate the forward, you know, when they're kicking the ball towards them. Sometimes you just lamp it from downfield and say, well, it's his problem now, like, you know, when rather than getting themselves into a bit of a platform and popping it forward like Jim McGuinness in his book is always talking about those 20-25 yard pop passes as he calls them yeah. so it's not just booting the ball at somebody and you saw it then like you know when Connor Cox and Murta were getting on a lot more ball then people were coming off them and Ross Coleman looked more dangerous but I think it was because he got them into that area of the field first to yeah it. no it is and
3: it's interesting all those kick passes go to a player that's on the wing usually yeah. in around the 45 so like I mean the, f- the link man on the 45 is breaking left and right Right, So that, that's the huge target, both sides of him. Just give it down to him. And I think this is great. You go wide to the half forward line and then you give it from the half forward line diagonally in around the D. So you're cutting out the sweeper. And like, I mean, if that's just a basic game plan to say, lads, I want you in the half back line, get it down wide. There's loads of space either side of them. Just get it down there. And then the man that gets it from there, he's going from, you're going wide on the half forward line, in on the full forward line isn't that that's easy and it's a very basic game plan and you can do run throughs on this and you can say right this is what we're trying to do here and run through it and Roscommon seemed to have a good idea of how they want to
0: play the game which I thought was good to watch and it did work because it was, particularly in the second half the number of little 30, 40 metre kick passes from the sideline in around the D thought yeah. it was easily picked up as you said it takes the sweeper out as well and it worked nearly every time now look at Connor Cox and different fellas uh, Dearman, Morta did win balls down the sideline in the full forward line and Cox is excellent at lateral runs like you never see him winning the ball 30 40 meters from the goal he's always about 20 25 mm-hmm. meters at most maybe on the sideline and even his last point was just saying the last point he kicked you know off in play he brushed by the, the Galway defender far too easy you know, in, a, in a Connacht final um but you know they were they, they played the game in the second half on their own terms they had all the possession the, the numerous turnovers which allowed him to attack a bit quicker as well and defenders don't like defending and running towards their own goal they want to have their back to the goal and they want to have bodies but even even Galway got a lot of bodies behind the ball they didn't defend yeah. very well you know they were kind of it was kind no. of passive defending where you know terrible. we have lots of numbers but you know we're not really doing anything and yeah. it was so on Galway like in the second half because you know it was like this. That send the dressing room at half time Yeah There was no intensity of Galway's tackling yeah.
3: like there was no divilment and didn't Galway pride themselves maybe it was Paddy Talley bringing it out on being Wankers on the field, let's yeah. be honest, you know, getting in lads' faces. And like, obviously, own Kern was at that, but the, the laugh was on the other side of his face. Then <laughs> Murta really celebrated his goal, but Kern's always at that. But there was no, there was just none of that stuff from Galway, that nastiness that you see about them. And like, Tomas Flynn, his defending for three of the Roscommon um, uh, points was absolutely unbelievable. It was Ronan uh, daily. the very first, I think it was the first Roscommon score where he cut in on his left foot left Flynn completely flat footed made no effort to get a hand on him then the next one was Niall Flynn or Niall Daly uh, his point Flynn is just standing back admiring him and then slips and he just gets in for a point point. and then Killoran's last point where he just runs through Tomás Flynn like where's the bloody intensity this yeah. fella's 6 foot 7 like I mean I do think that there, that softness to Galway was back there yesterday in the second half incredibly yeah. and I thought that was gone forever
2: And I was watching this sort of blanket that they were using all these numbers back and thinking this is becoming more and more redundant every week because it's too easy to keep the ball. Ross Common weren't, like, a a part of it was because Galway lacked that intensity, but they weren't under pressure. They can come back out, they can kick it backwards. The pitch is massive, so they don't need to go into that blanket and they just waited until something freed up and eventually it did. Galway would have been better. Sort of putting them under more pressure around the pitch and almost teasing Roscommon into trying a more risky ball. You know, and like trying to kick it forward and then maybe a defender could nick in and win it or yeah. you know, it break somewhere. But instead, Roscommon just were able to play it safe. And when Galway brought that lack of intensity, it made it even more easy for them. And
3: it was funny because if went on a corin 's point, you could almost say that Roscommon were that team in the first half. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Like, I mean, I no, wasn't getting hands on. And like, I mean, it, Roscommon clearly upped it. And Galloway didn't. And it, the Galloway performance, you'd be really confused about it. These are uh, arguably people are talking now. I know they're riddled with injuries and important injuries. And Peter Cook wasn't at the races. He was only back from injury. And he went to midfield. O'Corinne, Fiantano Corin I'll probably pronounce in his name, um, Arsways, but he was playing actually fairly well. Um, and in the second half, galloway imagine going 22 minutes without a score, completely dominated on kickouts, which we thought that they would dominate, even on both kickouts. And didn't get any... Roscommon didn't really get any kickouts in the second half because Galway had no shots on the goal. So all the pressure was up on the other end of the field. Because the way I look at it is when... Because Roscommon... Panic goes through the Roscommon team when there's a press on their kickouts. And like, I mean, they went long and I think they were right to go long. But because... And I think they won 50-50 on them in the first half. Something like that. They went long more than they went short. Just get it down there. Because like, I mean, this panic... And then Galway were the same. Lavelle was trying too many uh, fancy ones and it's like this psychologically how that ruins a team and lifts the other team. When you, We have these lads now. We have them pinned in. I don't know. Like I mean, I do think I thought Rory Gallagher made an interesting comment at half time, he said um, it looked like uh, Roscommon hadn't done any work under kickouts, but he says maybe on the big occasion, goalkeepers aren't brave enough. And I never really thought about that, that even if you did a lot of work on the kickout, it's still a goalkeeper could kind of bottle it. You don't really yeah. think of stuff yeah. like that.
0: Um, well, it was. Absolutely, in the second half it was Ross Common had all the devilment about him anyway. You know, they yeah. were in the Galway lad's face, they were pushing him, they were mouthing at him, they were blocking runs. You know, and the last ten or twelve minutes was basically no football played because they were cute enough yeah. to stay underground after yeah. hits and stuff like that. But on the kickouts, you know, when they pushed up on Galway, you know, one or two bad kickouts really puts the wind up a keeper and puts the wind up a team. And Roscommon picked off a couple of them and got a score or two off some of the ones that they did. And then they just start lashing back out in the middle of the field, and and it was Ross hunger that just kept picking up breaking ball after breaking that's ball it. and cleaned out Galway. And that's Probably where they won the match in the second half, but it's just it was such a contrast in the first half where it kind of they were all over the place. But I think I was just looking at the second half, and I think Gal- Galway probably had about maybe eight shots in the whole second half. So I was taking away their chance of actually pushing up under Ross Common kick out and putting them mm. under real pressure. So you know you, you take that away from them. There's far more kickouts coming from the other side, and it's you know it's easier to face a kickout rather than have your then sorry you have to win it and turn around and head down the field with. It. And Ross Common you know dominated the kick-out probably from both sides in the second and, half.
3: And even it just it just showed how much. the they were in on top. Is that Shane Walsh scored a forty-five um, in the second half, and that was obviously an opportunity to over to put a good press. You had um, Lye went straight to midfield. Tiger roke up caught, caught a clean. It was just like Jesus. This is this really is Ross day there when he's catching a clean, and like I mean that was outstanding. I think that led to to the Connor Cox um, late point. So like I mean. I I don't know. I think that, like, we keep saying this about kickouts and obviously the thing of going short and when you lose a short one, there is panic stations and it's terrible. If you go long, why can't you work on going long but swarming that area for the break? And that extra determination will win you on the break and you're way down the field. I think we've gone away from trying to win breaking ball to being fancy with kickouts. I think, genuinely think... It's nice to have a little mix. Not to, not to, I think you should be putting 70% of your kickouts long. Stop messing with it. Seriously, it's yeah. too fashionable now to do it when it causes more panic than it's worth. And I think psychologically it causes panic because goalkeepers are, are, aren't really able to do it. The other team send, smells blood. And suddenly so then, you know, like Gullaby just pinned Common in towards the end of that first half by dominating on their kickouts. They are very important. And I just think get it off down the field. Maybe I'm being a bit old fashioned on no. this.
2: I no, I think you're right. But I think Ross Common probably read what goalie were doing, and they pinned them in for most of the second half. And in fairness, like Lavelle was very predictable. Like most keepers, like to when you're going long, they like to kick across themselves. So if you're right footed, it's going left. So Ross Common were able to, as they're facing, it's the right wing. So they were sort of on it a bit more, and it was very obvious what Lavelle was going to do. And it made it more sort of made me question more why they didn't play Bernard Poyer. I don't know what the that decision was. They seemed to bring Lavelle in, uh, seemingly because of his kicking, but like it was very. He easy never convinces him. me with his yeah, kicking anyway. Doesn't. So Galway have a problem. Galway definitely have a problem
3: there. The, the thing on the the break and ball, Matty, um, is like the way half back lines now are conservative. They're not even following half forwards too far. So you could have two half forwards extra in an area where you're going to break the ball. So like I mean, you have a weaker midfield. If you're telling me, even even I was able to break a ball in midfield and I'm terrible in the air. If you want to spoil someone and put a break where you want it, it'll take like a really good fetcher to, to you know, be able Stop to it. fetch. So if you're talking about a, a midfielder like Tiger Rourke or whoever it is, Kaloran, who would be much bigger. And you're telling me they can't be up beside their man and spoil him as the ball at the pitch of the ball. So then you have two extra half forwards. And commit your, if you're sending it to one side, commit another body your other midfielder to come across and have a plan of where this break is going, right? We're breaking it straight down in front. So your two extra half forwards, your job is to get on those breaks. Is this very basic that I'm saying or
0: like, wh- why is the game gone away from something that's so, that's, that, I don't know. <laughs> I think we kind of go through phases it's like the blanket defence. You went through that for a while and gradually you're starting to get away from it. again, thank God. I think this thing with kickouts is probably going to be the same. Where I'm not a fan of short kickouts because more often than not, it goes to probably one of the fullback line where literally your 13 year support players are all ahead of you. You have no one from behind. If if that breaks down, it's probably going to end up in the goal. I think we've seen it in the Wexford Hurling match the other night with a short puck out. It could have cost them the game. It could have cost them the place in the championship. But you're seeing a week in, week out with short kickouts. I've always said that I like to see the ball going to the middle of the field. Worst case scenario, you lose the ball, but you're 70 metres from your own goal rather than losing the 25 metres from your own goal and I think it was the Donegal-Fermana game where we've seen a lot of that where both Fermana and Donegal really kicked the ball along flooded where the ball was going to land particularly mana because you know they, they got a lot of guys behind the ball and tried to win breaks and you know so they weren't really losing short kickouts but I think it's something that's probably gradually going to maybe start to filter away a bit as well and to be honest I hope it does there's, there's still absolutely a place for kicking the ball long as you say teams just don't seem to be working on breaking ball it is very simple to get a couple of extra bodies there and by the law of averages you're probably going to win more breaks than the other team that's the thing but the way the game has gone other than Mayo
3: the halfback line isn't going to all follow you into midfield anyways because like, they're too panicked about leaving that huge maybe or gap and that's Exposing where Mayo your, your, yeah. your full back line, yeah. that's the thing so like I mean it was O'Malley sent out one kick out in the first half that led directly to a Shane Walsh point. He tried to put it out to the wing on the 45. It wasn't on at all. He, it was a contested one. But they're even more silly as far as I'm concerned. At least the one to the cornerback is almost guaranteed to get it. Yeah. It's, the, it's these more higher risk ones. that, Anyways, then he went long with the very next one. And I think it was Devaney won the break. And it was away down the field. And I was just thinking, I was like, why is this not? Now, he did go. I think the stats are did 11 first half kickouts. He went long with eight and short with three they're at 55% I couldn't find any stats for the second half but I'm sure it was a hell of a lot um, better than that but like I mean I hate breaking I hate breaking analysis down to intensity and work rate <laughs> but it seemed to be that and efficiency Connor Cox was saying after the game I think we're more efficient it's pretty much the same as Anthony Cunningham in the first half we lost a good few balls that we should have held on to Galway play a good defensive arc when they're set up and I suppose uh, we were a bit more patient in the second half and that paid off that's pretty much the, the tale of the the tale of the game it's the more efficient Ross Roscommon, Roscommon dominating the breaking ball higher work rate and Galloway just stayed in the dressing room
0: well to say stats doesn't tell the whole story but it kind of does <laughs> in this case Um you know, Galway were, or Roscommon were really economical, particularly in the second half with their shooting as well. You know, they only had probably less than a handful of wides. Um, so, you know, they made really good use of what they had. But just on, the, on their goal, I think Galway will be really disappointed with the goal that they conceded. You know, yeah. Kyle Craig has ran straight down the middle, kind of nearly unchallenged. And, and um, Sean Andy O'Kalley is looking at him rather than looking at Murta slipping yeah. in behind him. And, and even the finish, you know, the keepers beaten at the near post were kind of looking away from the ball. If it goes across him and goes in, fair enough. But, it, you know, it's not you know he'll be disappointed with probably he with, kind of half turned his arse to it he, didn't he? he he did a little bit yeah but it was, it was kind of I think Sean Andy O'Callaghan losing um, Dermot Mortar running in behind him where he was kind of just ball watching you know that ball if, if he stays with him that ball is not on it breaks down and it comes out and you know ultimately you know you find there's sometimes It's hard to find a a turning point in the game but without doubt that was the big turning point in that game and it, it was kind of it was all one way traffic after that.
3: It was definitely and like I mean it was poor defending and we're talking to Kyle Craig about the goal there and he was explaining that to us as well like I mean he's coming forward there like I mean He's just waiting for Andy to make a mistake there, really, and give him something. Now, Myrta made a lovely angle run just at the, at the time when Sean Andy stepped forward. Myrta was gone. And like it's, it's, it's almost like there's nothing on here. There's nothing on here. There's a point on, only a point. And then yeah. Sean, Myrta and Craig are waiting for Sean Andy to, to mess up. And he gave them what they wanted. Yeah. He took yeah. that step forward. It was a very poor, poor defending by him.
2: It was. And sorry, and it would have been a good point because Bradshaw was right beside him. You you know, like, you know, and it probably could have got the point away but Bradshaw was at him I don't
0: know where Sean Andy was stepping forward to, to be yeah. honest. he
2: didn't need to usually that area
0: of the field coming close to the small square if you hand pass the ball 3, 4, 5 yards forward like that you're probably going to take a massive hit and get the ball turned over where there's a lot of bodies but it, it, just the simple thing of Sean Andy Cali st- stopping and then stepping forward created that yard of space in behind mm. that Martin had time to get on it, get his head up and get the shot away and and said, "You know, the keeper get conceding at the near post. You know, it's not it's not probably ideal either. Look at, but you know, as I said, that was the it was game setting match. Yeah. The
3: and then he went running over, shouting at uh, Owen Cairns <laughs> as well. So they were having their battle. Another uh, mistake I thought from Galway was the whole Shane Walsh started corner forward. Shane Walsh changed the game for the second half of the first half, coming out the field, getting on ball, driving at them, and then laying it off. And he was throwing it around very well." Then funnily enough in the second half he's put back into the corner and he's in there for 20 minutes before he's brought back out again. And,
0: and like that was a weird one there. And the ball not kicked to him. Mm. Which no. was, Which was stranger because the some of their points... Now they couldn't play, get their hands on much no, ball. No, they didn't have a lot of ball but the, the, some of their scores from play in the first half were top class yeah. and from distance as well. But like, as I said, I think about eight shots in the whole second half they never actually had, even when he was in there, said we didn't. they didn't have the ball to kick to him. But they had no focal. Like the number of times where the likes of Oli or... Um, you know, Ian Burke, who's a super footballer, Brannigan, when he came on, were taking the ball, coming off guys' shoulders 50, 60 metres from their own goal rather than from the Roscommon goal. Yeah. So they actually had nothing up front. They got to about 45, the ball went sideways and backwards, another hand pass forward and invariably Roscommon turned it over and came out with it. And you know, Kyle Craig made one great turnover in the second half um, from a hand pass where he came out and he got a good wallop for himself. Oh, but, yeah. but you knew then, Ross, he wanted to far more because Ian Burke went in and had, kind of had a poke at the ball with his foot, but he bent down and picked it off the ground, picked it up and came storming out and got a wallop up and got a free out but you knew Ender that Roscommon really wanted a more than goal with yeah. it. well that's it and the thing about Shane Walsh is right so like I mean you have a plan I want to play Shane Walsh
3: in the corner and that's fine then you see it's not working in the first half you bring him out he's playing really well mm. would you not say right well it, maybe this is a bit of headedness from the manager saying well I'm putting him back into where the original yeah.
2: plan was rather than say geez, well he's cleaning up out there and going leave him out there yeah. that was weird as well I wonder was there a chat in the change rooms at halftime like Shane you're coming out too far and he's like, I'm dominating the match like, you know? ah, surely he was
0: ah, giving direction well uh, to have like to have so few guys up front he was always going to be double and treble teamed if he was left up there in the full forward line so you he's know more freedom out the field a he's, bit he's yeah? such a good player he's able to pick out a pass he's able to see pass and stuff like that a little bit further out the field as that kind of link man kind of slash playmaker yeah. um, and yeah. you know but as I said they didn't have the ball to do anything with it anyway so I find yeah. it
2: interesting like from the thirst issue in Roscommon and Sean Armstrong talking about about, you know Walsh going mad if those boys drift back and, and they don't keep four up but and whilst they oh, might Ian, want, Ian Burke going mad yeah oh sorry Ian Burke going mad and whilst they might keep those people up is there a plan then you know to, to sort of get the best out of them or is it just like there's four of you up when you get the ball back away you go like you're yeah. talking about something as simple as that pattern of Roscommon getting it to the wing and playing it inside to the three boys there didn't seem to be any plan for Galway
3: yeah well no there definitely didn't there definitely didn't at Galway are a little bit in no man's land in that you wonder are they trying to evolve from the really defensive retreating back into zones I don't know on the evidence of yesterday they were near to here or there. Now obviously no defensive game plan will work if you can't get hands on and tackles on and that's what the whole thing is about. There was no good turnovers. There was no good breakaway scores. Most of their scores were coming from the more patient build-up. Shane Walsh punching a hole, throwing it off. Now there's a value in that as well. But there was no real, there was no verve from them in the second half. There was no, like I said, nastiness. Now I I do know that they're big leaders, at Comer, Paul Conroy you know these fellas are out Kine in the full back line might have been a bit of a loss to them Duggan in midfield is definitely lost because I think Tomás Flynn needs a big leader kind of beside him because I think he he probably isn't that player. Cook was only back from injury. They weren't playing with a full deck, but um, it was Johnny Heaney was very poor again yesterday, which, what was his role yesterday in comparison to other years? You didn't see any, I remember when they were at their best, it was Johnny Heaney, Brannigan, Shane Walsh breaking a pace. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it was Comer and Burke left inside. Now I know you're losing some players outside of that but there's no evidence yesterday what? I'm not sure what Galway are even at now you know
0: that kind of way. No there wasn't like I said, the second half was so flat from Galway which was very very strange considering the position they are in like, they nearly looked you know, like they couldn't be beaten at half time because they were playing so well and you know, five points in, in a match like that looked like a huge lead with conditions the way they were and probably going to deteriorate a bit as well. Um, but like they just they, they got so far up the field and just stopped there was no hard runners coming off the shoulder there was no no, no target inside you no. Know, the whole thing just fell down you know, Kevin Walsh said himself after the match no I can't kind of really explain what happened in the second half that they were so flat and that's exactly what it was they Maybe were very it is. very yeah.
3: flat It's hard to explain it and Ian Burke wasn't at the races yesterday we might talk about um, that a little bit more in part 3 but like I mean there's so much is depending on Ian Burke throwing it around and making things happen that when he's been really tightly marked He just, Galway seemed to have no kind of creativity up there maybe in the second half. But you mentioned uh, a while ago, Matty, about how Roscommon closed the game out. Now, it's not ideal to watch, but like, I mean, Jesus, if you're on a team, that's exactly what you want. The seven minutes of extra time were a waste of time for Galway because Roscommon started spocking at them. They started trying to get roused. The Dailies were in their element at this stage, Ah. the three brothers. Like, I mean, this was what it was all about. And those seven minutes...
0: Galway were at nothing, really. Nothing happened. Absolutely nothing <laughs> happened barring a couple of Ross Common points on the break. But like even Rory Avella ball dropped short and a, a Galway attacker came in um, and and literally flicked him and he was down the ground for maybe a minute. But look at if you're on the team, you're saying absolutely fair yeah. play. That's exactly game management. I'd say it? I'd say Cunningham was delighted on the sideline because definitely five of that minutes was spent with guys with physios and doctors in McGuire's on the ground. Yeah. who look at were absolutely out on their feet, but it was exactly the way to kill the clock because it goal realistically never looked like the one to score goal. Barn. I think it was actually a flick to one of the Ross common defenders F- got that, on the ball and John, almost went between O'Malley's yeah, legs. Yeah, that was John but, Daly. That yeah. was
3: actually a good chance. Like, I but mean,
0: they never, they never created. You know, they never no. looked like really looked like creating a goal chance. They had a, you know a swing at it, a shot at the end. That, that went out wide, but there was nothing creative coming from them and that was the only way they're probably going to get back into was a bit of luck like that and you know they didn't get it.
3: There was uh Niall Daly was in a, involved in a couple of flare-ups. The one was with Cook defending his little brother, and then there was another little um squirmish, is that what we call it, coming together under the stand and it was uh, Sean Kelly fell for it hook, line and sinker like Ross Common were trying to goad them into it and then they fouled them and then suddenly Ross Common got involved with a few lads pushing and shoving and then Kelly realised he started trying to calm it down you know what I mean yeah. realised this is what they want us to do yeah. but it was too late then yeah.
2: <laughs> the early one uh, with Cookie it was good it went on for a long time and even just the way he was protesting with the referee for ages afterwards but then he won the next ball real dirty ball and he won a free off the back of it and he just lifted you could see all the Common yeah. people in the stand loving it
3: and we know the Common fans are bloody lunatics anyways like I mean you know like uh, what game was it after I said the Common fans were crazy oh it was the RMA game in Leash that I was at oh yes right I yeah. thought that there were absolute lunatics in the stand uh, that day <laughs> watch, watching that match but yeah listen fantastic stuff from Common. right we'll leave it there lads and we'll come back with performance of the weekend
0: Is the little dink fist pass from a crowded area into that D, we're at home by where Bernard, I've talked to Bernard about. Bernard's very patient. But this little dink ball, you know the one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, it hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest, and there's consternation then in around the D and around that area. Watch for this in the semis and the final. Do you know the one I'm talking about? That little fisted ball that's just bounced in a, in a crowded area, but it gets to the, the yeah, body. You, you have said it three
2: times. It's in around it. But you're looking at me. You're looking <laughs> well, of a, a crowded area,
0: isn't it? Exactly. You're looking at me with such a
2: confused, <laughs> air, a confused head in you. It's like I it was talking about you trying to get a point in coppers or something there in a crowded area. Yeah, watch for it.
3: Okay lads Paddy Power performance of the weekend and the first uh, nomination is Conor Cox so like I mean lads we talked about his audacious point in the first half but his points in the second half off the left he skies them up very high doesn't he Matty the technique is a bit a weird one It's not you don't know if it's a point until the umpire actually puts, puts up the flag it's a, it, like he I would say the degree of difficulty to be sticking him up that high probably makes it even more impressive.
0: Yeah, you'd think so, but like he's he's I think he's right footed, but if his left is his weaker side. I wouldn't mind having a weak side like that. And that point he scored with his left foot in the second half, like it was, it was hardly, a very good score, hardly any backlift, and from the stand, and he, he literally got the ball turned, and he wasn't even on the move. It was incredible, and like you know, it was kind of, it was it was a bit of wind up there as well, but it went like it went up over the tops of the post. He said, you don't yeah. know till they're Actually, putting up the flag, it is over, not it's 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 a, a strange technique, but he's he's top class. And I'd actually, I don't think Roscommon would have won the Connacht Championship without him. I think that's how good he's oh no, been for him def- all year, definitely um, not. And then you know, that point, the, the free at the end, which wasn't an easy free, and that point from play at the end. He's been, he's been top class so top all year so far. The free off the outside of his boot
3: and he tried a sideline
0: I think off the outside of his boot to the
3: wrong side he I says, this lad's mad. Like I mean yeah. that's definitely not on off the outside of your right from that side but then he'd stuck the free over well that was the last kick of the game you'd, for, you'd forgive him that. Funnily enough I never asked Mark O'Shea the other night at the live show about Conor Cox I was raging afterwards because we were having a pint afterwards and I was saying to Mark like, I mean, would you be sickened down in Kerry that you lost him? He's there. no one really cared about that transfer. Like, mm, I mean, he, that he, he, he was a junior Kerry player without anyone thinking this lad should take. It just makes you wonder, there's a thin line between not making it a county and being actually a good player a county, isn't there? Like, I mean, it, you just need... Don't know. Maybe you need more of a chance. You need maybe if a team's built around you and you're accurate, anyone can make it at intercounty. Maybe
0: you know. Yeah. Well, he like he's he's got lots of game time in Ross obviously, which mightn't have been the case. You know, you look in fairness, you look at the Kerry forward line; yeah. it's not too weak either the other likes of O'Shea and Clifford and Gainey and O'Donoghue you can just keep going so yeah. possibly trying like a full forward line player looks to be his, his his best position so trying to get into that Kerry full forward line is not Norton, be, yeah. and, and you need time Um, you know you, you need time on the field to, to get going at inter-county level and you know he's after getting loads of that with Ross coming and uh, you know he's absolutely flourishing but you know I'd say there could be one or two people in Kerry looking at him now saying just, I wouldn't mind having him for the rest of the summer well,
3: That's the thing like I mean and I do take your point where does he fit into the Kerry full forward line but like he, he wouldn't be a guaranteed starter but Jesus and, and Kerry didn't probably have the time to invest in him and say look yeah. you have a full league here we're giving you the full league we know you're accurate like he lo- he's a fairly hefty fella maybe he's just f- trained really hard this year and has himself in great physical shape I'm not sure because to me he is, he's just been a revelation he's a fantastic player to watch
2: yeah, it's, it's strange that nobody would care in Kerry though because like over the last few years obviously more counties have been looking at Dublin and trying to take Players that like, you know, going all over Ireland and they play for yeah. them instead. And Jim Gavin, as far as I know, has been like on the phone to a few of them, even ones who would be on the fringes just to say, like, we're keeping an eye on you, maybe just hold off for a year or two. Do you know? So he is sort of still investing weird, in players yeah. who isn't in the squad just yet. So it'd be weird if Kerry just sort of let him go without even having a chat with him or you know, getting him in to see yeah. what
3: he was like. Mark gave me no impression that this was a big deal and carried it to let him go. Do you know what I mean? But like he'd won three junior All Irelands. It's not like he wasn't in the shop window, you know, but he would have obviously just seen maybe as a junior level player in Kerry and that's it. Like he can do some special things with the ball. Like, I mean, but we all know fellas at club level in different counties that can do special things with the ball. Do you wonder if they just had that maybe commitment to do a county or, you know, they just Mm. needed to take that extra step or a manager maybe to believe in them and say, all right, well, you're lazy, but I'm will
0: i still going to build it around. You know what I mean? It's It's... It's a, it's a funny one Kerry don't really use I think their junior team as kind of a pathway to the senior team either you know, No maybe you have to be we, a big name minor No, no we've, we've uh, or like they've, they've farmed that junior football championship for a good number of years at this stage and we actually lost the semi-final to him a couple of years back ourselves and like there was nobody from that team has actually come through and it was a very young Kerry team right. nobody from that team has come through and actually played senior or if there is you're maybe talking about one so it's not something that kind of see as a pathway of guys playing junior and then moving on to senior and so said he won't treat them in, 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 a, in a short few years and uh, you know, he he wasn't really getting a look in with the senior team, so you know, but you know, to have a bit of an embarrassment to riches with full forward line players with thing. forwards in general. So
3: That's the thing. But you would think that definitely county should be looking towards Dublin with their like sure I'd say Dublin would have a fifteen that ha- that can't get Anywhere near the Dublin 30 yeah. You know what I mean And they need to be starting Look we know Offaly and Westmead Have gone down that road And Jesus I think maybe we need to Have John Sugru Checking out the granny rule And who do we have <laughs> yeah. up there Like I mean it, There's definitely players there And like I mean If they're good enough For County, I wouldn't feel In any way. We had Shane Cook And David Brennan Playing with Leash When I was there And they were both um, Born in Dublin yeah. But had Leash connections
2: the, the, the underdog game Remember that I always thought That was very telling It was like a fourth Dublin team fourth for fifth probably and it's um, supposed to be a roundup of all the best players here in playing County around Ireland and you don't want to just beat them into the ground with <laughs> <at> 40 <laughs> yeah, points yeah. or something Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: okay Niall <laughs> Daly lads so the da- three Daly brothers obviously weren't there last year um, and we know what the three Daly's bring to it they're, they're strong they're they're, um, they're definitely physical and they they're, they're not pushed around let's just say and maybe that was a, a problem with Roscommon last year that they maybe were pu- pushed around and then you Connor Hussey who's a big fella and he's a, a good uh, physical player as well now you have four new defenders brand new defenders and fellas who are not willing to be pushed around and are willing to step up into physical stakes and have been there right throughout the league and I thought Niall Daly he was deserving man of the match he was everywhere I think the point capped it off and then maybe the, the ball he won Cannon, that you're talking about after getting in the, the argument with Peter Cook He's a serious uh, serious player. Now, whether they're Croke Park players is another question as well because they're definitely that type of battling players. Do you know what I mean? Whether they're, whether they're Croke Park on a sunny day players... I'm not sure. But anyways, like I mean, they're definitely league and Connacht Championship <laughs> players, which is going to be played in the in, probably, in the conditions players. that they like.
0: Yeah, well look, they're going to get their first game at home in in in, uh, in Dr. Hyde in the, in the super eight. So if they got off to a win there, you know, who's yeah. to say, no, I think they'll want to probably push on a bit issue or it's their third year in a row Am I being um,
3: harsh on the dailies here, by the way? Am I maybe I'm being a bit ha- maybe I'm being a bit harsh. It's not like Ronan didn't f- come forward and flick over a point and so did Niall no, no, like, I, think I, mean, these,
0: I think they can play football as well in fairness. Um, Um, I, I think they're going to have a good cut at the Super. 8. I'm not saying they're going to qualify it but I think they're really going to have a proper go at this. Show where I think possibly the last couple of years they're kind of happy enough to be there. But I think, and particularly with Anthony Cunningham, they'll want to push on a bit as well and, and you know put up a decent performance in Croke Park because you know they took an awful beating there last year. And as I said if to get their if to get that win home in the first game in Dr Hyde Park, you know who's to say that the, the, you know probably another win will, could get them into a semi final in the Super Eights. Yeah,
3: and that's a fantastic thing changed this year that the provincial winners get the first home game. We know that David Murray lads was outstanding. Like, I mean, I haven't seen Ian Burke getting cleaned out of it um, like that. And it's not like Ian Burke wasn't looking for ball in the first half. He was. But Murray was right up behind him. And I haven't seen a player be that close to Ian Burke because Ian Burke's runs are so smart left, right, in behind his man and then darting out. Now, I know that physically they were probably a good matchup for each other, but David Murray was outstanding.
2: I've never seen Ian Burke have to come so deep as well. Desperate then, the yeah. Yeah, and then not really impacting the game because his he's good handling. It's not taking any players out of, out of the game. Like You know, they're all behind the ball. So, yeah, I thought he went everywhere he went. And when Ian Burke went off, he sort of thought, yeah, that's probably the right decision. Like you know, Yeah,
3: yeah. And Ronan Daly did very well on, well, I suppose I'd say he couldn't believe his look that Shane, he wasn't doing well on him sh- while Shane Walsh came out. And then when he went back in, he was, he was tagging him. It was an interesting thing with Ronan Daly. Obviously, he was, he was blackguard and Shane Walsh. And then they got into a wrestling match and two yellows. Weren't we talking about this on the podcast here recently? The referee always gives oh, two really? yellows. Just bottles it. It's Just easy bottles it. Would, and yeah. the forward is the one you're trying to defend yourself and now you are on the yellow the same, the same way as he is. And you've done nothing. I always say to ref- why would I get in a row with him? I've no interest in getting into a wrestling match with him.
0: i tried to explain this to referees as well, but no, you're you're at, you're at a blank with him, I think. So, you know, I said it's just the handiest thing to hand out to. Everyone is kind of happy enough, barring the forward and, you know, get along.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shane Caloran, like he was outstanding in on the ground. And he's new this year because it was always Compton and O'Rourke in midfield. Compton's obviously playing in New York um, uh, this year and Caloran played a bit wing forward was a bit of a bit part player a little bit and now he's made midfield kind of his own Matty and he's very good on the ground
0: well Probably before the match yesterday, you would look at the two midfields. You would think that Galway would probably height, definitely height-wise, would would really dominate. You know, the, the two the guys, Tiger O'Rourke and Killorn aren't aren't big men. You know, in comparison to the Galway, but you know they completely took over in the second half and clean kickouts. You know, they work right up and down the field, and then Killorn getting up near the end to, to bust through two Galway, two soft enough Galway tackles to be fair to kick that point, um, to put him ahead. Um, you know they completely dominated the, the, the middle third of the field for the, definitely for the second half
3: I think midfield has become even more important now because midfield kickouts are the probably some of the only times in a game where you have the one on ones to the their end so if you can win a ball out there you turn around and move a quick and you've got some joy and now if you're fast with that move and it goes according to plan you've got a shot off in a one on maybe a one on one so like I think midfield is more important than ever. You yeah. know, like, I mean, if I had a good midfield, if I had bloody, the likes of Noel Garvin, Porter Clancy, like we had a good fetch in midfield, I would stick every kick out. I wouldn't go short with one kick out and I'd be like, push up on me. I want you to push up. I will tell the goalkeeper, I don't want any quick kickouts. I want you to hold off on the kickouts until they get their press done.
0: I want you to go. Give them time to go (laughs) up. Someone go down injured and give them time to press us. Exactly. You take six guys out of of the game. They're not back defending. They're not back in... in in the blanket you know you win the ball in midfield and particularly with the mark now you actually get time to stop turn around and pick out a pass rather yeah. than cut, hitting the ground and actually have yeah. the ball taken off yeah. see, foul. I, would
3: you believe I see it in the Masters football and I don't want to go on about the Masters but we'd have Noel Garvin and John Keely in midfield they're two monstrous men and at that level they're fit they're catching balls now and I'm holding the half forward line I'm over and back doing that link man they're getting their marks it's incredible that I don't even have to worry about them getting slapped and surrounded. The minute that's caught, I can go, I I can break and they can just turn around and like a free kick to me. Like, I mean, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. But like, that's the thing, like, especially with the market. I don't know whether it's the old-fashioned way of coming out on it, but there has to be more to be made about having a good fetch in midfield and getting that ball down there uh, very quickly. Who else do we have on this? Oh, yeah, dear Murtagh. Talk, thought Murta Murtagh battled well throughout. I thought Kearns dispossessed him a few times. He's a funny one, Murtagh. He's excellent in the air. He's not great at taking his man on. The only few times Cairns uh, dispossessed him was when Murta he's all left-footed. Mm. Well, I think I'd, I'd play I I'd play Murtaugh and tell him not to leave the edge of the square. He's actually impressively good over his head for someone that's his size. And that was on the evidence of yesterday and I've seen him plenty of times. He's well able to win ball over his head. So maybe that could be something potentially
2: Roscommon could look to exploit. But he shoot, he shoot off both of those uh, good qualities and bad qualities. He won that class ball. It was somebody took a shot and it dropped and he won but he fell to the ground and then Cook and Sean Andy would carry it right. around him and he, he lost it eventually but I think it started another fight so Common were probably <sighs> happy enough took his goal well like I know uh, finish, the keeper yeah. made it easy for him but um, apparently it was his first goal first, first ever goal, goal so yeah. Oh, yeah. he geez. flatters to deceive a bit at senior level he's an
3: incredibly highly rated under 21 I remember seeing him against Dublin and he was brilliant and actually he's been injured and he hasn't I'm expecting, you know, like a top, top level player to come through. That hasn't happened for some reason, Maddie. And I think injuries have played their part in it. Maybe modern systems. I don't know. Like, I mean, but he hasn't become the player I thought that we were expecting from him.
0: And all he has, there has been an awful lot of injuries to deal with, but like he's potentially probably going to get better. He probably haven't seen the best of him yet, to be fair. And particularly with the likes of Connor Cox there now to, to help him out as well. Um, I think he, he, you probably will see the best of him in the ne- over the next season. too if he can stay injury free, but so look, he took the goal very well. He kicked a great point from play, i know look at the like two frees. that still had to be scored, but he, sco- he, he took him well. And you know like every score, you know, one three in a Connacht final, where you know a goal was going to win the game, probably free to say. You know, had Galway got a goal in the first half yesterday. It was definitely game over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, the goal, the goal was the, the, the deciding score in the match. Hubert
3: Darcy played well when he came on. Actually, Marty was obsessed with him. It was like uh, I just kept hearing his name. But he was on a lot of ball. He I played like the very look well. Look
2: at this
3: guy. <laughs> yeah yeah if Marty likes the look of him um, he's he's a new player this year as well. He came on for connor davenny who got who got injured, who'd started the game pretty well. Who are we going to give a uh, performance at the weekend? It has to be Connor Cox Les, doesn't it? like I mean he's an inspirational player, and he just does he does exceptional things It's between him and Niall Dalian, and I'm just going to float down on connor Cox um the point at the end. The couple of points in the second half, one off the left, one off the right were really important. Um, and he deserves his performance of the weekend. Right, that's it, lads. That's all we've time for. We've a whole of the provincial finals next week, don't we? We'll be back on Thursday. Yeah. The three of them.
2: Ulster final. Why here did you do go. that?
3: Only one, one week, and then I remember whinging about that last year. Why don't they have two and two? Why have we only one game? And now next week we'll have three provincial games to have to cover. It's a weird one. Um, right, listen. That's all we've time for. We'll whinge about that on Thursday. <laughs> we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored
0: by Paddy Power. Home of the GAR football arcade. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here.
1: Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they forget what happened, they've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're, both of them are keen to, to you now focus on getting back to their county jerseys.
2: But these fellas will get such a f-ing shit shot next Saturday evening that we put them back in their f-ing asses for 10 years.